1: Betches Moms with hosts Aileen Drexler and Brittany Levine.
0: Get ready to lock yourself in the bathroom or wherever
1: else you hide from your kids, because you'll literally never be alone again. Hello
0: and welcome to the Betches Moms podcast. I'm Aileen and today I am joined once again by Shira, my Sister-in-law and obviously more importantly or less importantly, I don't know. Director of Talented Community at Betches and also Mom of Two. Welcome back, Shira. Hi. How you doing? What so what's more importantly you think? Director. What's more important? (laughs) I think maybe my kids. (laughs) No, I didn't say
1: I didn't say the mom. (laughs) It was like my sister. Oh, what's more important? Your job, your job. That my job title <laughs> or the fact that we're sister-in-laws. Equal, equal. Equal. Um, we don't have to decide right now. We don't have to decide. We can <laughs> talk about it offline. Yeah. What's up?
0: Everyone loved your episode. I'm happy to have you back. At the end of last episode, I feel like we left a big cliffhanger to, like, talk about the important things <laughs> of, like, maternity leave and just, like, just all, 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 yeah.
1: all of that. There's a lot of information and people do reach out to me periodically. I had some friends actually last year during the pandemic who were living remotely and New York state actually has a really great paid family leave policy, which is what maternity leave falls under. And so there's a lot of like chaos and confusion with the pandemic. People moved out of the state and then all of a sudden they didn't think they qualified for their leave benefits, but actually the law is if you work for a a company that is based in New York. So whether you like h- had to relocate to Florida, for instance, you still qualified for your leave benefits, which was great because obviously the pandemic was, you know, something uncharted territory and people still wanted to make sure they were protected.
0: Yeah. for so- And so many reasons and why, like all of this is like confusing because it
1: depends on where you work, what state you're in. Right. A lot of times people say, you know, what am I entitled to in terms of paid leave, unpaid leave? And honestly, it varies state by state and company by company because the first rule of thumb is that companies have to follow a federal law, which applies to every state within the country. Then they have to follow the state law in which their business is based. But then they can also hopefully you know add more on and do whatever they want so it's hard to say you know if someone writes in for instance and we're going to get to those questions it would be hard for me to answer oh in Missouri you're qualified for x because I honestly don't know but we can get into how would you would find out those answers yeah
0: um and also this is a very timely episode even though when this comes out this is going to be in in the past a little bit but I'm personally going on maternity leave in the next couple weeks and um it's wild to like do that <laughs> to, to make, actually leave to, your job. Yeah, to, to to make a break like that. Although I am fine, I did do something for myself. I I was noted, and I talked about this on Diet are tomorrow. But um, I was noticing myself feeling, like, very, very, very overwhelmed. And I just d- couldn't see myself going from, like, bus- like um, a meeting to, like, the hospital. So I just, I decided I'm going to. Yeah, but gonna- that could happen. I know, I know. No, wait, I know that happened to you because it was, like, unplanned. But I decided I'm going to take my leave one week before my due date because I kind That's of good. just want to. Just really, even, although I did say I'll record any podcast anybody needs,
1: <laughs> but you know, a lot, of, a lot of people do that. A lot of people take longer before yeah. scheduled C sections, scheduled inductions for that reason. Also because of COVID last year, hospitals were allowing scheduled inductions starting at 39 weeks to allow for just it uh, to be more scheduled and to have less, you know, last minute. And so my OB. Um, offered it to me. She goes, "I know you're going to say no, but I want to offer it to you anyway." And I was like, "No, I'm not getting induced. I didn't even make it that long anyway." But I, I, I get why people opt for sort of that sort of more schedule because they like to be able to plan as much as plan possible. as much as
0: possible. Right? I don't, I don't want to be induced if I don't have to be. So right. that, like, that uncertainty coupled with just like the stress right. of everything, like I, I noticed I was having lot of anxiety about it. So I was like, I'm just going to do this
1: for myself. Right. Even though it's going to be hard. Um, You're also in a different position because it's also still your company. So Most people like I like I was saying last episode, I was literally in the middle of sending Sammy an email and then okay, like I guess I'm done. I'm not working on that anymore and we'll talk about it in four months. Yeah. But it's not that easy for you. So I think that's really smart that you've made a plan to stop working a week before your due date. And I mean, you could go two weeks late, you never know, yeah. like you could have three weeks sitting at home. Again, maternity leave doesn't really apply to you. So you know you're an exception in that
0: but i'm not going to take Nora. a year off you know <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to come back i'm just saying yeah. that like noticing that kind of feelings i was i'm happy i did that for myself but um yeah. i'm excited to talk about like there's so many questions around paid leave like yeah. the 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 acronym FMLA what is it um so many so many different questions we had from um our listeners
1: And, um, right. The other thing I was going to say though, back to taking leave early is that not everybody also will have that luxury or that option. Right. So if your company's only giving you a certain amount of time, it's based on when you deliver. So to say that's why people like are literally in the middle of their work week and they go into labor and it is what it is. They, they can't really afford to say, Oh, I'm just going to stop working two weeks before because they don't want their leave to start early. They want the most amount of time with the baby, you know? So it really depends on, the, your situation at work so just going back to some questions so what
0: should work is there any like general thing that work that working moms should know about maternity leave like with, whether they're looking for a new job or whether you're not a mom yet that you should be like advocating for
1: yourself or just asking about yeah a lot of people ask in the interview process that's completely normal and okay to ask when you're interviewing um, you know what are the companies? benefits right that's a normal question so that could be just medical care time off also what is your paid leave policy or what is your specific maternity leave policy you can ask about in the interview process also then when you get offered a job you can also talk through with your hr what those exact benefits are everyone or every company is going to list all of those benefits in a handbook also which can be very lengthy and a lot to read through, but that would also be listed there. So that's, I think that's becoming more and more common that I've been seeing or hearing candidates ask are more transparent about that, which I think that is great. And, um, married, unmarried, planning to have kids, more kids, not, not planning to have kids. Just women are curious. I think that's really good to keep in mind, um, when they're ready for that part of their life.
0: And there's also so many different types of, you know, benefits when it comes to that, um, to paid time off um, or maternity leave specifically like your company could give you 100% paid or your company could just follow like the state the minimum states, or the federal the minimum. minimum right exactly. which is unpaid
1: actually so yeah can you
0: what are so what's the state minimum let's just say New York for
1: Yeah. So first you have to start with a federal law because all states have to follow a federal law. So FMLA is family medical leave action. That's what that acronym means. And that is a federal law in which a a full-time employee at any company can take an unpaid leave of absence for work to care for a family member. That could be a few different things. That could be maternity leave. So to care for the birth of a child, whether it's that could be for the birth of a child, right? So whether you deliver adoption, surrogacy, et cetera. So the birth of a child that could also be to take care of, let's say a sick parent. I know people that have taken leave of absence for work um, to care for a sick parent, or it could be for a sick child, et cetera. Um, It is, again, it's unpaid, but your job is protected. And for those 12 weeks, meaning you need to return after the 12 weeks and you are still entitled to your benefits, meaning medical insurance, et cetera. Now that is traditionally how maternity leave has been classified. And then in terms of the paid piece, the other sort of general rule.
0: But hold on For, so that basically in, in layman's terms, you can take pay uh, unpaid time off, but it, you get to keep your job when you, that's that, your
1: your job is protected. You you the, your job is protected. You got to keep your BS. and you still have your insurance, your medical, dental, etc. For
0: is there a window of time federally?
1: That's twelve weeks is the maximum. Twelve weeks is the maximum. Okay, and you're only really allowed to take that leave once in a twelve month period. Now the way that you sort of layer in a paid leave option is classified under the company's disability insurance. So they they sort of classify the employee as going out on short-term disability even though being pregnant is not a disability. This, I think it's a very like backwards way of thinking, but that's just sort of the way that it's been written or underwritten in terms of like an insurance um, way of speaking about it. The employee then could be, is entitled to short-term disability pay, which is not their full salary. If for an example, it could be of their salary. It also necessarily isn't for the full 12 weeks. So it really varies. So some people, for instance, could, let's say they receive six weeks pay at 60% of their salary. So, and that's only for for the six of the 12 weeks. So there are cases that people, you know, can't afford to take their, the full 12 weeks at home. You know, I know a lot of teachers that because of union there's a completely different law that i'm not familiar with but they a lot of them return after six weeks because of their benefits are not paid and they can't afford to be home nurses um and nurses right there's a lot of people in medicine that are also union that would be Categorized differently that I, I'm not familiar with. So I don't want to speak to what they are entitled or what they're not entitled to. So that's sort of the that's the federal minimum in which every state in the country has to meet a federal minimum. Now you get into state laws. So New York has a great leave policy, and that is called a paid family leave, specific to New York State. Again by working for a company in New York state. So you could live in New Jersey, you could live in Connecticut, you could be working remotely in another state, but you work for a New York based company, you are entitled to those leave benefits. That law is a little bit more broad in terms of what it covers. So yes, it covers the care and the birth of a new child, but it also covers, again, it could cover to take care of a family member who's sick. It also can cover... To help out a family member if someone is on military leave. So it's a little bit more broad in terms of who is eligible. Now, the state is basically, the way that is set up is that the state is paying for those benefits. Everyone who works for a New York State company, you'll see on your pay sub that you pay a little bit in every pay period to paid family leave um, as a pre-tax deduction, just as you would pay like that taxes, like state and local federal taxes. So that when someone who goes on maternity leave, let's say that works for a new company, they're now entitled to the state leave benefits. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well,
0: Okay, wait. Speaking of pe- who qualifies, who the, wh- what are the rules about who qualifies?
1: Um, in like terms what of provider, what parents, per- the
0: person who gives the birth and the person who is sort of the partner,
1: right? So in New York, technically legally, is that you cannot choose based on gender, which is great. So it's a non-discriminatory law. So that means that if a couple adopts a child, they have a baby through surrogacy same sex, different sex, non-gender, et cetera, everybody qualifies for the same amount for the, yes, for the same amount of leave. Okay. Um, that is, that is what we offer as a company, because we don't want to prohibit somebody from being able to receive the same benefits just as someone else. Right. So it's offered to everybody. I would say it's a little bit of a double standard. For instance, my husband would never go to his firm and say, you're, I'm legally entitled to 12 weeks paid leave. They would tell him like, hey, you don't have a job, you know? So that's just the difference. Is that legal? No, it's not legal. But like, he's not going to ask them that because then he is always the guy that asks for paid paternity leave. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's fucked up. It's archaic. It's so, you know, on the woman to do everything for the baby. I mean, with both kids, he took a week or two. I don't know. it was probably still working the whole time. I really don't remember. Just yeah, his personality. I I have friends that worked at, at big corporations that took two weeks paid leave. Like they received hundred percent of their pay. Again, it depends. You know, your company could offer above and beyond. There's there's definitely a stigma. Yes, there, there definitely is a stigma with men
0: and paternity leave um, and taking that time. Um, actually, speaking of like. The woman I I remember a few years ago. There was a really great article in New York Times about how um, if like a two parent household, the mom who gives birth to the kid, let's say they're they're making the same amount of money and their careers are like about equal right before they have the kid, they they decide that it's less expensive for the mom for them to sort of stop working. And taking care of the kid, and then the the, the dad goes and he builds his career for sure. It's for thirty years a, and she, whatever, she's and home. she's home, but not necessarily. Yes, it's by choice, but because it just is the way that it is, and it's not, and it's and she has to give up her career, but also it has to do with the fact that that's like, it's it's a it's a way of our the way this society has kind of dictated like the roles right but I, roles. I am hoping right. that is changing
1: are you seeing like any trends with like paternity leave no n- none of my friends i mean i have we have a million friends between the two of us that have kids i would say that maybe the most common thing is their home for two weeks if that and that that is what it is i actually know one person i worked with her a couple jobs she took her standard, whatever the maternity leave was that she was entitled to. And then he actually stayed home with the baby full time because of his job. He worked weekends. A lot of office chatter on that. You know, like this, the only, I mean, not, but that's, it's, that's what I mean. But it's just like sort of the society and the way that it's been, yeah, sort of the foundation that's been laid out there. Um, I really don't know anyone else. What about
0: taking like vacation, like saving your vacation to, either add on if you're allowed by your company
1: or or that's very common if it's allowed it's very common but again like there could be caps that you you know a lot of companies are gonna put a cap on how much time you can stay out so it just really it really varies yeah those are all there's laws and then there's policies right so there companies have to meet federal and state laws to the um, that's like the minimum they have to meet. And then hopefully they're generous enough to add policies on top of that. And that's where you have to be just really open and speak with HR. Or if your boss has kids, ask your boss. You know, sometimes a lot of people wouldn't know, though. You know, if you haven't been on maternity leave, you would really have no idea um, how specific the benefit or the law is. And it can also change. So, you know, just because
0: With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Let's get to some listener questions because we had some really good ones um, sent in. So we have some just general questions and then re-entering the workforce because I feel like that's a whole topic in itself. Like it Yeah, your life has changed drastically from when you left. (laughs) And now it's like an emotional shift. It's a mental shift, you have to get back into that mindset. So first, let's go some general ones. How do you really separate yourself from work? Do you have any advice about that?
1: Yeah. Honestly, your brain, you just like sh- that part of your brain just shuts down and you just shift into everything is about the baby to the point that most people, most women don't even take care of themselves. I mean, that's where that sort of common talk about like self-care and paying attention to you. And my mom always says like, you know, you have the baby and then everyone forgets about the mom. And it's so true, even for yourself. And, and I have fallen into that both times I've had kids that you really, I think, again, I think you're in a unique position because it's also your, your company and your business. But I would say for most people, you really just, it's like your brain just shuts off on that subject matter. And, you know, you have to figure out how to feed this baby. You're not sleeping. You look and feel terrible. You have, you know, recovery that you're dealing with, depending on what kind of labor and delivery that you have had. And there's just like nothing else to think about because that's so consuming. And, Um, you know, the first time you have a baby that you've never experienced anything like that. So Mm -hmm. you're just all your focus and your energy is on that one subject matter, if you will, you know, and work is just like three days could go by of having a baby and you could feel like you've been out of work for months already just because there's no day, there's no night, you know, just time is just sort of standing still. Yeah. I think it's hard
0: being in the position of someone who. Like I can imagine myself, like not even picturing myself having having a kid anytime soon, versus right now, which I'm, it's imminent. Um, and I can see my like my brain shift in the sense that like things are changing in terms of priority and importance. How mm-hmm. do you communicate that to like an like some like the before me, you know, like people in your job. I feel like a lot of moms struggle. And that's why I think a lot of moms stick together in workforces. Because yes. because <laughs> it's hard for people without kids to relate to what you're going through. Yeah. Is there a way to like sort of talk about it?
1: You know what I mean? Honestly, I don't I never thought of it in that way if it was necessary because I I think that I don't look for exceptions for myself or for us that have kids versus other employees, because I've been right. on the opposite end of that. And I had jobs where all my bosses had kids and, you know, if they left early, but I felt like I had to stay late, but you know what? That wasn't really them. Cause they had kids. That was just the corporate culture of that office. You know, I think that we are all very cognizant of that and we don't want that to be the way that it is anyway. But I also don't, I'd also don't really believe in things being fair either, just because one employee maybe does something that doesn't mean that another employee um, has to. In terms of communicating it, I guess I never really thought about that because I think that's a problem and probably a stigma that women have is that they don't want to feel judged. They don't want to feel like they're not working hard enough. I think the return to work is just, it's unavoidable because you have missed this chunk of time. And yes, you have to go back. Not you don't have to, but when you go back to work, you just start working again. And it's a very, very hard shift again the other way. it, It takes a very long time. I think it takes a lot longer to adjust to going back to work again. I felt it much harder the second time. I thought it was going to be like, oh, I'm familiar with this. You know, I did it once already. Like I'm in a groove. I know what I need to do. Like I know how to take care of myself. I know how to prioritize. But two kids is like a whole new ball ballgame. Um, and depending on when you return to work. So like, let's say you're three months out, four months out, six months out. You could be f- feeling many different feelings throughout those three months compared to someone else that maybe... Right. Stayed home for a year, let's say, you know, the hormonal imbalance that you are experiencing is so all over the place. And almost like the emotional state of a woman who just had a baby is extremely fragile. And they might not even realize that about themselves or they might not know that they're like struggling. And all of a sudden they're dealing with a hormonal imbalance, physical changes, like a lot of emotional feelings, maybe also physically separating from kids is really hard you know like especially the first time it could be really sad it can be scary and now all of a sudden you're expected just like no one gives a shit like you better get your shit done and it's not that easy you know like just because you miss four months of work doesn't mean like oh in two weeks you need to catch up on these four months it's really like the four months happened let's pretend we're new and you need like a three-month handicap period to get back into it that's really like I feel like what it should be returning back to work honestly
0: agreed but, that's not, but, that that that, but not all corporate cultures support that and right. um not and many priorities and many businesses right. are not don't have that many women <laughs> um who can understand right. or feel compassion towards that um right. so i think that is challenging i mean i, I know i said it was an alien question but i've had so many just DMs about like, no, I'm you know, sure workers really or bosses or bosses, bosses who don't really like see uh, us as hu- just humans and more so just, you know, workers.
1: Yeah. Something that I noticed because I did come from a very corporate background and I feel like it was very common because so many women maybe it was more common to get married later, to have kids later. It was like this competition of who could work the hardest. And if you had children and you were leaving at a normal time, five, five thirty, which is like normal time, that was early in their mind. And you were penalized for it. You know, like it was sort of this like sick joke to be like, Oh, I was on my laptop till 12 o'clock. I haven't seen my kids and my husband all week. Like, and I always thought that's so sad like you, I felt like I needed to go somewhere and figure it out for myself where I could really have a career, a long longevity within a company and a career, but also have a family. And all of those things can be priorities. It's not necessarily that you're choosing one or the other. I think it's learning how to prioritize, you know? So like, if you have to put something on pause at work, because there's something going on with your kid, if you have, your kid is sick, or they are having a big day at school, like, and you have to, miss a day, like prioritize, like don't punish yourself that you can't, that you have to work so much that you can't be there for your kids, but also work also has to be like a priority too and a responsibility on the, at the flip side as well. You know, if you're choosing to work, there are certain things that, you know, you might not get to, or that that might not happen. So it's just, I think really learning how to balance all of it. Um, How does she do it? (laughs) I don't honestly, I don't know. The day just goes by. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I need to get somebody ready for camp. Okay. And then I'll spend 10 minutes doing that. And then I go do something else.
0: Right. Um, And also just with balance. Like I've always thought balance isn't like doing equal amount of things every single day. Right. It fluctuates over time. And it just kind of evens out over time. And then you don't let... You And then you noti- you'll you notice – just in terms of work-life balance, quote, like, I've – you just have to be, like, just more compassionate towards yourself and not, like, you know, oh, oh I didn't do enough work. I'm going to be, like, fired and all this stuff, like, sort of just – Or a, the guilt.
1: The, so We talked about this a guilt. lot. Or yeah. maybe – I don't know if you were talking about it in a mom's episode, the guilt, or maybe it was a DST. I don't know what I was listening to. But about don't not do things because you feel guilty, Right. You know, but like within reason, if you feel like there's going to be something important for one of your kids, like figure out how to like schedule that around work or vice versa. Maybe being a good planner is like the key to that. I don't know. But I think it's part of it.
0: Let's talk about reentering the workforce. How can companies provide support for parents who are coming back from parental leave?
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's a few things. I think, again, there's like that emotional piece of it. That, that's tough, you know, because as a, I think if you have a good relationship with your employee as a manager, you should 100% like check in with them, try to like ease them back in in terms of workload. You know, again, like I think there's this expectation, you missed three, four months of work. Now you just need to figure it out and catch up. And it, it's not really a catch up. Like I, I would love for there to be some sort of like, not your new, you have like a few months to, to, to get into the hang of it, but like, okay, what did I miss? And what do I really need to work on? Again, that's where like, you talk about prioritizing, what are really the expectations, you know, as a boss, like being there, being available. If you don't have kids though, like, I don't know if you know how to have that conversation also, you know? So I think it's hard for us women who have children and who work for people or employees, that, that don't have children because they don't know how to be there. Maybe they don't maybe know how to empathize or sympathize. And, um, that's, that can be challenging. Right. So there's that. So like the, you know, open dialogue, I think as an employee to be more comfortable sharing what you need again, like that's not something I've ever done in the two maternity leaves or return to work. I wish that I had, but I didn't. Um, And then there's sort of physical support, right? Or which could be pumping rooms, which that's actually a federal law that all companies have to provide a place for you to pump outside. That is not a bathroom. We talked about in the last episode, again, that's not as easy to, we can say that, but that's not really the reality for everyone. Um, But if it's, there and it's available to you communicate with your manager you know this is going to be the schedule that I need like making sure you're working around it and that you're getting everything done at the same time but again like that's a lot to juggle and to manage which is why I would say most people don't pump that long because it's just it's another piece of the puzzle that to deal with
0: Let's talk about like the emotional piece of coming back to work and like leaving your kid, like something I have anxiety about already and I haven't even met my yeah. kid is is that like how do you go from you know being with them 24/7 to then like putting them in the care of someone else like whether it's daycare or nanny or even a family member whoever's yeah. helping you
1: Well, I think because the reality is, is that you don't really have a choice, right? So if you're, if you have to go back to work because you you need the money or because you want to for your career, what's what's your
0: advice for how, like how to kind of cope with that?
1: Well, I guess you have time to sort of get used to the idea, right? So you have the baby and then I guess it depends. So like in New York and I would imagine other metro areas, daycare, for instance, there's like long waiting lists, you know. Um, so a lot of people will sign their kid up, um, or soon-to-be kid, you know, on a year waiting list because they they're pregnant. They know that's what they're gonna do in their area, and they need some form of childcare, so they can't like just wait, right? Um, and then you have the baby, and you're all you're just sort of like adjusting to this whatever your sort of new dynamic is, and you're instantly like attached. Or, you know bonded to this baby and you think like okay so when I had Sophie I was like when do I have to start looking for a nanny and everyone was like oh like give yourself three four weeks so you know when depending on when you go back to work and I remember being like I how am I like hiring this stranger to take care of her right like that's just so daunting and then you think all right well you're getting recommendations you meet them you feel their energy uh some people have nanny cams. I did not. Um, I don't know. You just sort of like, you you go through the process. Okay, so now I'm going to talk to all these nannies. I'm going to interview them, meet them, see how they are with the baby, and then we'll go with it. I, what I did was I remember I had her start a week early, so I was home with her the entire week. And, you know, Adam's so crazy. He was like... <laughs> see how she walks with the stroller to make sure she looks both ways and stops at the before the corner and like checks for bikers and taxis. And like, so I was like, okay, I'll make her walk to Bed Bath and Beyond with me. And then like, um, just things like that. Or like when, so if you got older and had a music class, I was like, oh, well, let's go together. Cause I wanted to sort of like, see how she would be around other people. And you just kind of go with it. It's hard. I remember, I really remember this very vividly Walking out with Adam the first day back, to batches after Sobey, and I was crying in the hallway because I was, but I was also like, I'm dressed, I have makeup yeah. on, I feel like a real person. Like, I was excited to, like, yeah, there's also that yeah. part of your old life back because, as much as, like, I mean, and you would know this, like, everyone I know, so I'm obsessed with my kids and think they're the best things ever. I'm not meant to be home with them. And I knew that with maternity leave, and I savored it as much as possible. And I had the best maternity leave, and like, And I loved every minute of it. And then I was like, okay, like I'm ready to kind of like try to go back to You don't really go back to your old life at all, but like that piece of it. Right. And that's why for me, working is so important and I enjoy it so much because it's yours. It's like you have you know your your own thing and your independence and you have you know the social aspect of everyone and you're thinking about um, something other than your kids and the kid like i said to my mom like imagine how insane i would be if i didn't work i would literally talk about breastfeeding all the <laughs> time like more than i talk about it now <laughs> that would be and shocking right like but like what you know what i mean like but i couldn't imagine myself like going to lunches with other stay at home moms and like i just was like i'm not into that it wasn't my thing and you know, so I, it, it was definitely like a dual, of I'm excited to get back into, you know, my own life, but I, I was sad. It's, it's, it's sad in a way, you know, and you just, I don't know, you just adjust. I personally, like, wasn't that anxious about it. I was just more like, I'm going to miss her, you know, like you just have this like chubby, delicious thing with you all the time. And, and I knew she was going to be okay. I just was like, you know, like what is she going to do all day? And they're like, right. well, she really sleeps all day. You're not really missing. you not much missing much. But I, but yeah. just I think for
0: people and like what I've got from it is just sort of assume there will be a transition period, an adjustment period, no matter what. It takes a while with everything. Right.
1: It could be a few months. You just don't and know. Nothing is
0: permanent, and you if if it does, you know, like just assess That's your true. mental health.
1: You could change your plan, like you're planning on daycare and you might not be ready for that, you know, um, vice versa. Like we know someone that had a nanny for a couple of months and then her son got into daycare and she was like, you know what? I feel like daycare is going to be the best thing for him. And yeah, she switched it. So I also know people that have gone back to work and then after having a second kid stopped working, just- I know people
0: who have changed their work job too, right. like something that w- makes sense for them in their new mental state. So again, like, nothing right. is permanent and you just there's going to be a transition period
1: yeah so that
0: that's how I'm kind of getting through it it's just like I'll deal with it when I
1: deal with it the hard the thing that I would say is hard is that you don't know how long that transition period is going to last that I think was like hard for me is like this so toes you're struggling at work or struggling like balancing all of it you don't know I, I remember being like when am I going to feel like normal again you know and I feel that now <laughs>
0: i'm like i just want to feel my like feel like myself again yeah. so yeah, i and, but is like it's not gonna be for a while <laughs> no no it's not, it's not. Like, no, thank no, it's you not. <laughs> all right let's do one last question it's not necessarily about re-entering but it's like you know kind of i feel like the question that everybody has in their mind is there one right way to do this so how do you tell your job and like when do you tell your job that you are pregnant
1: yeah, I mean, there's definitely no law in that, right? And there's no like right or wrong answer. I would say the most common thing that people do is they don't really tell anybody <laughs> until, or maybe that's just like us, pop out. we're superstitious <laughs> until you're out of the first trimester. You know, they wait till certain tests are cleared. Maybe they find out the gender. Um, People hide you it know, for
0: longer though at work.
1: People hide it for a long time. I felt like, you know, you're out of that window for miscarriage also. And now we're going to share with everyone. And now it's like kind of a good time to share with work. Also. Um, I don't know anyone that really waited past like three, four months, because then I feel like it gets awkward. Like, you're trying to hide something. Um, I think it depends on your situation. So like I was in a unique situation where we were, I was interviewing for my old job with you and I happened to have gotten pregnant right away and was very surprised. And Adam and I were like, okay, if you get, if you get the job, like you're going to tell her, because if it was anybody else, if it was some other job, I wouldn't have said anything until probably my first day or, or first week in which I was actually probably by that point, 11 or 12 weeks along, which uh, some of my friends have ha- had that happen to them as well. And they were like, I'm just not saying anything until I start, right? Like, what's the point? I don't know this person. But you, it was like a different situation. Um, you think that that, the, our
0: situation aside, because it was unique, you think that that's better than telling them before? I just
1: think it's like a little, it's in the beginning is a sensitive time, right? You could miscarry, maybe be your surprise. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's very personal, right? And so I think that that's totally okay to wait till you start a job. Unless let's say, let's say you're eight weeks pregnant, you're in the interview process, you don't say anything. And by the time you're going to start, you're like six months pregnant. I'm making this up. Okay. So maybe between that time frame, once you're out of your first trimester, you should just let someone know. <laughs> FYI, I'm going <laughs> on maternity leave. The thing about that is depending on where you just wanted to let you know that I'm going to take this job and then in three months I'm going on and I want paid leave. So depending on where right, you- I could
0: see people like employers getting upset by that.
1: Right. They can't do anything about it. That's illegal. Protected class. That's why they would be upset. <laughs> That's why they'd be upset. But um, listen, there's no like good time. There could never be a good time for to a boss or to a company for someone to get pregnant. So that's irrelevant. But right.
0: That's a good point. Depending
1: on where you work and, and the state law, you could have to work there a certain amount of time. So like for New York State, you don't actually qualify for paid leave unless you've been there for six months. Um, you could have to notify the employer within a certain amount of window to also qualify. In New York State, that that is actually only 30 days, which hopefully by nine months pregnant, you've told people. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there's certain things like that. But, I mean, it's a little touchy. Like, let's say, like, you work in a very male-dominated industry. Yeah, right. It depends on the culture. It depends, yeah. Um, When Also, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, if you have maybe a history of unsuccessful pregnancies and and maybe you've miscarried multiple times and you don't want to share because that's just the emotional... Maybe you're just so afraid on the flip side, maybe you should share that you're going through something like very emotional could, you know, potentially traumatic and you want your boss to be right. there. And that maybe that you're not going to make it public till you're like five months, six months, like whatever the benchmark or is that is sort of considered safe. So everyone has their own. It also depends
0: on your relationship with your boss. Like if you feel comfortable saying like, I want to share this with you because I'm going through something that might affect my, my work, but I'm not ready to share it. Like from a corporate HR standpoint. Right.
1: I mean, I would love for everybody to have that kind of relationship. Right. Right. Um, Um, Hopefully people will, but you know, again, obviously that's not going to be that common. Right, right, right.
0: Everyone, we hope you answered as many questions as we could. Obviously, we only have a certain amount of time. But that said, if you have burning questions for Shira about this, email us, moms at Betches.com. You can also DM us at Betches Moms. And thanks so much, Shira. I I can't believe I'm going to be on... A maternity leave. (laughs) I just can't can't picture that for myself. But I'm... I know. I'm excited for me
1: as well. I'm excited for you.
0: Everyone, thanks so much. And that is it for this episode of Betcha's Moms Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple and Spotify. And follow Betcha's Moms on Instagram. And you can follow me at Aileen. Do you want me to say yours or no? Okay. And follow me at Aileen. (laughs) And remember, there are no rules in this podcast. I'm not like a regular mom.
1: Batches.